Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. I feel like shame is um, one of the most shame and fear are probably the two most universal feelings that bubble up when people start speaking honestly about money. And so my point in saying that is you would be shocked um, if we all got financially naked, um, how many people are carrying around a big bowl of financial shame or financial fear. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. 
So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. So I'm in a great marriage, but look, we fight just like any other couple about all sorts of stupid stuff. And I came up with this idea quite a while ago that when we get in a fight, we need to actually like take off our clothes because when you do that, it just completely disarms the conversation and it brings things back to reality. So maybe just an idea, give it a try, see if it works for you. But that's how I feel we should be about our money. I don't want you to be afraid to bear it all to your partner. My hope is that you inspire each other to take away the money shame, the guilt, the judgment, and the fear, and just start cultivating relationships that are about partnership and mutual respect when it comes down to money, a really tough subject. Now, with that said, financial abuse is a very real thing, and I don't want to downplay that. As someone myself who has has suffered through it, I know you're in a situation when you're in financial abuse that sometimes walking away is just the best self-care you can offer yourself. So if that's you in this situation, I want you to listen to this episode with a grain of salt. But on this episode, Manisha Takor is here to share everything you need to know about getting financially naked with your partner based on her book, Getting Financially Naked. We're going to learn how do you talk about money from a safe and respected place? How do you remove the shame and guilt? And how do you find a money system that truly works for you and your partner? Just going to give you a little hint that if you have a partner, listen to this episode and then just kindly send them the link to the episode so they can listen as well. Let's jump into the conversation. Well, Manisha, it is so amazing to have you on the podcast. This is going to be a fun conversation. So thanks so much for being here. Shauna, I'm so excited to get to talk with you. I was prepping for our conversation today, and I was really struck by something you have on your website. So you say, we don't need more financial information. What we need is financial wisdom. I really like the sound of this. Tell us a little bit about this idea. How do we step into this place of having more wisdom? So I find that um, because there is so much information about money out there, people tend to think the answer to being financially healthy is very quantitative and like a Rubik's Cube or a Lego set that you just put together um, very um, uh, block by block. Right. But the problem is so often money is not about money at all. Um, <laughs> it's it's about power. It's about control. It's about freedom. It's about your childhood trauma. It's about being angry at your significant other, it's frustration with your, I mean, it money permeates so many different crevices of our, our lives that it can be easy to confuse, um, the emotional components, kind of the toxic money emotions that are out there, um, with the factual building blocks. And you need both. You need, you definitely need the FNAC, the, the, the building blocks. Um, but what I've learned over time is that a lot of people can't absorb the facts until we address the topics that are um, creating money mold inside their heart. And um, that, that once that's cleared out, they can hear 
the information. And I know that sounds so woo-woo. So I just want to say this is coming from a Harvard MBA who at the peak of my corporate career was overseeing a $6 billion with a B portfolio. So I'm saying that with a lot of quantitative stuff behind me. <laughs> well, Manusha, I am a non-practicing certified financial planner who've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people. And I can tell you, I firmly agree with what you're saying here. This kind of recipe for money success, we we tend to think it's just these how-tos. We just need to learn all the how-tos around money. But what you're talking about is there is this other component, this behavioral, this mindset, the the family. I mean, all of this stuff that that we don't really address. And, and that actually is this big piece of success. It, it is. And when you when and when both are lacking, um, it's like a geometric effect. And that's what I see with so many people today is that both both are lacking. Um, and that's why money feels so painful for so many people. And it's uh, that's why I believe it's consistently one of the top causes of fights and divorces um, and stress, according to the American Psychological Association. Yeah. So talking about that, going into all the fun stuff here. So <laughs> February is is love month, right? And I, I want to talk about your book, this idea of getting financially naked and how as couples we can we can navigate this tricky terrain because we're both coming to the relationship with all of this, as you call it, money mold, like all of this crap. And it's definitely causing issues for so many of us. Uh, I know if you've ever been in a relationship, if you're listening, you know that it's really easy to get in disagreements, fights over money, even when you try to just kind of ignore the subject. So help us help us out here. How do we how do we even begin to change this in in our relationships? If specifically if like we're still struggling with all of these issues around money. Yeah. So I, I think the first thing is to call it out, to acknowledge that um, there is another element in your relationship and it is called money. And I I say that because when you meet someone special, I mean, what what do your friends ask? You know, they they um, and they won't sound this clinical when they're asking this, but they'll say, are you physically compatible? <laughs> you know, um, are you, you know, are you spiritually compatible? Are you emotionally compatible? Um, but uh, nobody asks, um, are you financially compatible? It's just like, it doesn't come up yet. Um, that one element oftentimes will make or break your relationship. So I think, um, just creating this dialogue and understanding that money is part of every relationship because it is. Um, and then you can start to see whether or not where you have areas of compatibility and where you do not have areas of compatibility. And of course, the irony is that um, studies show that there's something financially intoxicating about um, financial other something, excuse me, intoxicating about financial otherness. And so um, that's why you often will see a saver attracted to a spender. Um, not necessarily in a long-term partnership, but like an, initially when you're dating, there's like your pheromones go off. And the example I like to give is um, I'm divorced now, so you can see how this worked out. But um, <laughs> um, when I met my ex-husband, I distinctly remember we went to the movie theater and he asked me if I wanted popcorn or a Coke. And I thought, oh my God, you actually 
buy the food at the movie theater? <laughs> like, you don't sneak it in in your pocket? Um, and, like, it, I just thought that was like, woo, living life on the edge. And, um, and you know, he thought it was so cute. This was pre-TSA um, that I would carry a, a water bottle um, with me when I traveled. Um, because like who wants to pay $3 for water right. or, you know, and he thought that was just so like comforting and practical. And, um, and you know, then you, you get married and the other stuff bubbles up. So, <laughs> um, I think what I want to say is the first step is acknowledging that it is an issue, um, when society doesn't encourage us to, and giving yourself some grace because, for whatever reason, we often tend to be attracted um, to our opposite, but that doesn't mean that you're doomed. There are other steps you can take, which we can talk about if you'd like. Yeah, I would love it. Like, yeah, tell us some more about like, so depending on where we are in our relationship, dating to married, I, I've been married and divorced before and remarried. So very familiar with this, this subject of love and money. But walk us through, like, no matter where we are on that spectrum, like, how do we figure out this compatibility? And then then what do we do about it? So I think um, th- it falls into three categories, um, knowledge, interest, and behavior. And um, I have a, a quiz um, on uh, from, there's a quiz in Get Financially Naked that is a financial compatibility quiz. And my co-author and I, we want to spread that wide and far so that you can download it for free on um, on my website. I'll send you the, the link um, for show notes. And it's a, a, a quiz that you can sit down with your significant other and you each fill it out separately and then you sit down together and you compare results in each of those three categories and what you're really trying to understand is um where you have like where there are huge gaps like if both of you have huge knowledge gaps that's good to know (laughs) um or both of you have huge gaps in interest like if neither of you care about it okay that's going to be something that um you're going to figure out who's going to deal with it um and and that's more of a tool to use when you're thinking of moving in together or you're you're um you've decided to step into a long-term relationship early on um i think one of the things that's just so important is to um uh make sure that you are sharing once you think this is somebody that you want to be with enough financial information that you two feel um, you're able to sense whether or not you're going to jive on that front. So you don't necessarily need to say, I have a hundred thousand dollars in student um, loans still, but you could mention, I'm still paying off student loans. Um, are you still paying off student loans? Um, or do you have student, you know, so you get a sense right. of where each other are coming from, because those are the kinds of things that we don't talk about in the beginning. Um, so I feel like I'm rambling all over the place here, Shauna, but I, I think what I, what I want to say is that it is the biggest thing. There's not a right or a wrong way to, to dive into it, but the magic key is acknowledging that m- money is a huge part of your relationship. And so observing it the way you would observe all the other behaviors that are going on when you're deciding whether this is somebody you want to be with, um, it, it needs to be on your list. 
I think that's really interesting too, because I have a lot of friends uh, being the money person, you know, you know, this as well, people come to you with all of these questions. And I've had a lot of friends over the years who have said, uh, we don't, you know, maybe they're married or in a long-term relationship and they're like, well, we don't fight about money. We don't have a disagreements around money because we just keep everything separate. And then we feel like we do that. Then we don't even have to broach the topics with each other. And I'm like, ah. But there's definitely going to be some situations where you're probably going to need to talk about money and they're probably not going to be some some great situations. So I'm just curious uh, from from your viewpoint, uh, do you see that as well, that, that sometimes people feel like, well, if I just keep everything separate, I'm not even going to have to deal with this? Yeah. And I, you know, I'll tell you, the solution that I always uh, uh, put forth when it comes to how you deal with money in a relationship. And I, I guess it could start as early as, as dating um, conceptually, but certainly when you are in a serious relationship is the financial three-way, yours, mine, and ours. And some people will choose, and what I tell couples is decide as a couple, like you may want to have everything in ours. I have many friends who do. Um, and if that's the case, then what I always suggest is you have a dollar amount um, that each person can spend a month, no questions asked, or save, or do whatever they want with it. And a dollar amount above which each of you agree you won't spend unless consulting with the other. And that's how you avoid fights, um, at least some fights, <laughs> with the hours, <laughs> the hours bucket. Um, and then people who have want to do yours, mine, and ours, it's being really, really clear about what goes into the hours bucket. And particularly if you have um, people with varying, widely varying salaries, like one person's working in the home and one person is is working in the workplace, or there's just you know one person makes twenty thousand and one person makes a hundred thousand. How you want to put money into that hours bucket, whether you want to do it pro rata, etc. Um, but I am seeing, especially um, for uh, uh, once you're divorced, a lot of people putting money in, just keeping it totally separate. Um, then the, the problem then arrives, uh, arises when there's stuff that like you're doing together, like you go take a trip together. Well, how <laughs> who pays you know, for like, what? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so um, I like the concept of the financial three way because three ways are a lot more fun to talk about than just <laughs> money. Um, and then you can um, playfully decide together because there will always be some intersection of the um, the, uh, the each of your separate buckets, even if it's just going out and having a beer together. Who pays? You know. Right. I love it. I love you. You brought up that that spending limit. So uh, my husband and I, I call it the don't ask, don't tell spending limit. <laughs> and so, you know, we just like clearly set these boundaries that I'm, you know, either of us are not allowed to get angry or upset or, you know, even kind of give a side eye when somebody makes a purchase as long as it's under this number, but everything over that, we've got to come back and have at least a short conversation about it. And we usually always uh, always agree on uh, what we're spending. Neither one of us is kind of crazy in that department. But I really like that idea because then you feel like you have, if you just have the R's bucket, you feel like you have some flexibility where you can be somewhat independent, but you're still uh, playing within the rules, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Um, and I find that very helpful, particularly for people who 
um, just feel so strongly that when you marry, by definition, that means you merge everything. Um, and so this helps give you a little bit of, um, I, I think about it, it's like, you know, when, my, when you're microwaving um, dinners, which I eat too many of, um, and they tell you to make the slit in the uh, plastic top for the vent, that yes. this is the financial vent um, for your hours bucket. Thinking about those who are listening, who are kind of in that dating phase, like they're just getting to know each other. Are there quote unquote, like right times and maybe not so right times to talk about money? Like how do you figure out where that, that sweet spot is? Oh, that literally is the million dollar question. Um, I can tell you that um, I brought it up on date three um, <laughs> me, too, now, me too. <laughs> with my now ex-husband and that didn't work, but I am, I've been with the most amazing man for the last five years. We're both divorced. And, um, I think I brought it up on like date two with him. Um, and it's worked out great. And so I really feel like not everybody's going to want to bring it up that early. I think, um, be, you know, because you and I have, um, a deep, background and, and fluidity with with financial um, conversations, it's easier for us to bring it up. But basically what I say is if you see this relationship having any long-term legs, you want to bring it up as soon as you feel comfortable saying this or some variation of this. Look, one of the top causes of, of fights in relationships is money, and I don't want that to happen to us. It's this totally awkward subject, but I wanted to get us talking about it sooner rather than later. Um, how do you feel about that? And I mean, that will tell you a whole bunch just <laughs> in terms of their response. Um, and uh, I, I know that sounds like a really basic question, but I'm, I've had... Um, Girlfriends come back and say like, oh my God, he completely like, sh like shut it down. Like just did not want to go there. Um, and you know, that was, that could have been a warning sign, um, of everything of, uh, of, and, and it's not necessarily a sign to push the eject button, but it's, it's important data. Um, and then you can poke around and try and understand, like, why do why do you not want to go there? Right. Um, maybe not necessarily in the same conversation. Um, and if somebody is totally open about it, um, wonderful. This component of your uh, your potential future relationship that could fester um, is, you know, now being opened up to fresh air. So I say bring it up as soon as you feel comfortable bringing it up. And the, the, the wing woman, if you will, of the conversation can be the stats from the American Psychological Association. They're fabulous. They do the same study every year, and it says the same thing every year. We're remarkably consistent in terms of our propensity to fight with each other um, in relationships about money. Okay, friend, I want to know. What are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. 
Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. 
The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and enter code ETM at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash ETM. Go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off. Uh, humans are so interesting, aren't we? <laughs> we just, we just never, we just never learn. Uh, and um, okay, so what about how do we deal with going back to a little bit of like the behavioral side of money? How do we deal with the shame, the fear, the regrets, the mistakes, like all of those things that we're just, we really don't want to have to even admit to ourselves, let alone another human being. Any words of wisdom or advice of, of, of dealing with money in that in that context? I feel like shame is um, one of the most shame and fear are probably the two most universal feelings that bubble up when people start speaking honestly about money and. So my point in saying that is you would be shocked um, if we all got financially naked, um, how many people are carrying around a big bowl of financial shame or financial fear. And um, I I feel like, you know, what's the answer to getting over it? Um, that happens to be the subject of my next book. Um, I'm writing about how to blend together financial health and emotional wealth. and um, it'll be out in 2023. And so I'm doing a lot of background research for it right now. And um, what I boil it all down to is there's a quote. Now, I've never been able to find out who said it, but it's truth is the best disinfectant. And I find that shame, fear, regret, mistakes, they tend to evaporate when you are truthful about them with yourself or whoever else you need to be truthful about them with. And when you're not truthful, um, they fester. And so if you feel shame that um, you're not earning what you'd like to be earning or that you um, have torpedoed your credit score with using uh, store credit cards and being late and now paying these crazy penalty um, uh, interest levels. Um, owning up to it, even if it's just to yourself, is one of the most powerful um, uh, disinfectants. So that's where I say to start, because I think because we don't talk about money a lot, people assume nobody else has it. And I, and one thing that I would uh, I've been playing around with is literally what if you walked around every day? I mean, I think in a lot of different. Um, uh, uh, spiritual and religious contexts, there will be um, uh, uh, advice to just, uh, I'm paraphrasing, um, to make it generic, but just assume that every other human is carrying some type of pain or burden inside of themselves and right. treat each other with that um, uh, sensitivity and awareness. And so I, I would like to say, like, well, let's extend that to money and assume everybody you meet has some financial shame, fear, regret, and mistakes in them. And when you start thinking about that, it helps you feel less alone with it. Um, because you can't get rid of those feelings, um, either by releasing them or taking actions to turn them around. Um, if you won't admit that they're there. Wow. That's such great advice. I think that's so true. And 
I know times where I have come, we'll say come clean about something to uh, to my husband or somebody I'm dating. I do. I feel better. The moment where you're talking about it is just sheer terror. But but after that, you do feel better. And then you feel like, okay, I've gotten that out. And it's it's not so bad. And then I like that too. I mean, you realize that everybody's got their own stuff. Everyone has their own stuff around money, no matter how wealthy they might appear or how together they might appear. Everyone has something that they're they're ashamed of. Oh, and I, I'll tell you, um, one of the things I've learned over my 25 years in the business is oftentimes there's an inverse correlation between how put together somebody looks um, <laughs> uh, and how much um, shame, fear, regret, and mistakes are uh, bubbling around inside of them. I mean, I, 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 I cannot tell you how how struck I am by that um, ironic disconnect. Um, you know, just to give an example, when I used to have my own wealth management practice, I remember a woman coming to see me and she, um, we met up, um, at an outdoor cafe and she had, she drove up in her, um, you know, fancy, fancy Land Rover and she got out and she had what I call wealthy woman hair, like, you know, there's no <laughs> frizz and like the cut is like precision. And I mean, she was dressed to the nines and she had this, um, I mean, it was like a cockroach-sized engagement ring on her finger. <laughs> and um, she was engaged, and she wanted to um, get some financial advice. I, at that point, had a practice where I was focused on executive women, and I had a, a abnormally high minimum. So I had a $3 million minimum. And she had um, – and she was probably uh, – it was a second marriage for her. She was probably in her early 60s. Um, oh, and she also owned um, uh, one of the most trendy stores. Um, it was a shoe store um, in in town. I won't say which town it was. Um, and she had literally $75,000 to her name. The car was leased. Um, the clothes were on credit card debt. Um, it, it, I mean, she had, she looked like she had everything and she had, um, nothing. Um, and her, her significant, uh, other to be, um, wanted a prenup and all of his, stuff was going to be in trust for the kids, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's why she wanted to try and figure out how she was going to make things work. And um, I couldn't even take her on as a client. Um, and uh, I, I say that because as she was coming up, even though I know I've seen cases like this over and over and over again, um, it ran through my mind like, wow, she's got it all together. I love that you mentioned that too, that wealth is not defined by how we look, our demographic, our age, where we've come from. Uh, none of that has a direct, uh, necessarily a direct impact. And we need to remember that because it's really easy to look at someone and I've done it myself and make those judgments like, oh, they must have everything together. Or, they must be very wealthy or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah. And we're, we're only seeing it through our lens. We have, we have no idea what the actual story is. Precisely. And, um, uh, I, I mean, and it brings up other issues too, in the sense of um, what is wealth? Like, what is, um, you know, what what are the steps that people should be taking in order to get into a 
a solid financial um, position. And there's a book I like to recommend um, by Helene Olin um, and Harold Pollock. It's called The Index Card. And the premise behind the book is, honestly, there are like 12 things you need to know to get your finances 98% in order. And all of them are concepts that can be explained on an index card. And each chapter is one of the, the components of the index card. And people ask me sometimes, like, why don't you write another personal finance book um, that's how-to? And I'm like, the the information is is um, it's out there if we can help people find the right resources. Um, and so that's a book I always love. The, the books that I've written are geared towards women in their 20s and 30s. Um, and so sometimes for people who are a little older and they want, you know, could I get that version? But for my demographic, I like to mention this book, The Index Card. Um, uh, I've had it, uh, I've been recommending it for five, seven years now, and I've had so many people tell me it's changed their life to understand the the uh, the building blocks of, of financial health, um, which are important, but um, absent the kind of things we've been talking about today aren't they're necessary but not sufficient the weather is getting warmer i'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts i wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without you know spending a fortune luckily i found quince and i am in love Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout-friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. 
I think that's really interesting. I will definitely link that uh, in the show notes. So if somebody wants to check out that book, I think it's interesting. It kind of wraps back around to the beginning of the conversation, thinking that there aren't, I mean, you know, I'm trying to think of an eloquent way to say this. It's not like there's a giant encyclopedia of what you need to do with your money. There are these few building blocks, these few steps, and yet money, again, is this topic that feels so confusing, so out of control, so stressful, and it it feels like we're making it a lot harder than it actually needs to be. And that's why I think it's important to talk about the things that we're talking about today. And maybe somebody listening, and maybe you have an aha moment, like, oh, maybe it isn't the the how-to. Maybe it's these other things I actually need to address. I, I um, could not agree more. And on that um, point, I'll highlight another um, book by a, f- a fabulous um, woman who um, is retiring from this area of work right now, but it's called Financial Currency by Dr. Kate Levinson. And she'd spent her whole career Um, She's a a trained, licensed psychologist, and she worked with individuals and couples, lots of couples, um, in therapy around money. Um, And so for women, she wrote this beautiful book, um, Emotional Currency. And I find that if somebody, you know, if you you wanted a set of basic tools to get started in terms of taking actionable steps about what we've been discussing here today, I'd say read Emotional Currency and the Index Card. And those two books will help you with financial health and emotional wealth. Well, we certainly don't need a month to remind us that, you know, we need to be good partners in our relationships. But since we are in February, just kind of wrapping things up here, what would you want everyone listening? What do you want us to walk away with around this concept of getting financially naked with with the purpose of building stronger relationships? Is there something you want us to remember, to ponder, to, to think about? Yes. No one has ever said to me, Manisha, I can't wait to have this conversation. Um, No one ever. Um, But afterwards, I can't tell you how many people have said, oh my God, this is the best thing we ever did. It brought us so much closer. Um, And our relationship is so much stronger um, I feel like we've created this, you know, foundation to our house that can withstand a hurricane because we've we've identified where the cracks are and, you know, what needs um, some more drywall and what needs some spackling and what needs nails pulled out. And um, and the this, this space between, oh, my God, I don't want to have this conversation. And, oh, my God, I'm so glad we had this conversation. The length of that time can be, you know, a day the conversation. It can be five years because there's a lot to unpack once you open the box. But um, I would say less than 10% of people have come back and said, oh God, I wish I had never started that conversation. And of those, almost, um, I'm hard pressed to think of a case where um, the reason they wish that they hadn't was because I uncomfort- uncovered something that was suffi- sufficiently significant that it um, ultimately precipitated an end to their relationship. Um, and, you know, you can flip that around and say, like, well, better to have found out now. Um, so I think that's the main thing that I want people to know is that it really is like glue um, in your relationship 
very few people have it. Those that do um, can become so strong as a couple, but it is never, ever fun <laughs> starting it. <laughs> well, Manisha, thank you for an amazing conversation, dropping so many gems here for everyone listening. I would love for you to tell us, where do we go to grab copies of your book and connect with you? Sure. So everything lives on moneyzen.com. Um, and I had, I mentioned I'd, I've uh, co-authored two personal finance books for women in their 20s and 30s with a dear girlfriend of mine from business school. Um, on My Own Two Feet is uh, one and Get Financially Naked is the other. Um, and you can learn all about them on the website. And of course, they're available in all the usual book suspect places. Um, but also, I encourage folks um, to sign up for my monthly newsletter. I don't work with individuals one-on-one. -on -one -on -one, so my newsletter, I'm not selling you anything. I um, love to share the best things that I have come across. And so I really strive to make it a short but insightful monthly informational um missive on how to get closer to uh, financial health and emotional wealth. Um, and as I mentioned, I'm writing that book. It'll come out in 2023. And if you're on the newsletter, you'll learn lots of different nuggets as I'm writing it and going along. I'm crowdsourcing a lot of fun ideas for it. I'm a big fan of Manisha's idea of the yours, mine, and ours buckets of money. I don't personally do this in, in my relationship, but I've seen it work in so many other great relationships. I know in this episode, I mentioned the don't ask, don't tell rule that, that we actually use. That works like a charm. But the point is, I want you to take from this episode what you'd like. I want you to make it your own. And then I want to create the rules that you both feel uplifted by and know that you don't have to explain to anyone how you handle your money in your relationship. As long as you both feel respected, as long as you both feel heard, and as long as there isn't any judgment, shame, or guilt, all right? So that's what I want you to take away from this episode. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor and share it with your friends and family members. You can head right to the show notes for all the links to our episode guest, as well as our amazing sponsors who make this podcast possible. Yeah.